0: Bringing employees with disabilities into the federal workforce is one thing, but getting them to stay, that's another. The Equal Employment Opportunity Commission finds agencies are hiring more employees with disabilities, but still fall short on government-wide goals. The EEOC also finds agencies need to do more to improve retention. For more on these findings, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman spoke with EEOC research analyst Karen Drummond.
1: So overall, we're improving on our hiring goals, but we're still falling short on hiring people with any disability. There are a few different ways we look at disability here. There's targeted disabilities. Those are more serious disabilities that may cause people to have problems in obtaining employment. The federal government requires that agencies strive to hire 2% making 2% of their hires be persons with targeted disabilities, and 12% of their hires be persons with any disabilities. Currently, we are meeting that targeted disability goal, but we're still below on a target on the any disability goal, and currently we're at 2.36% on targeted disabilities and 11.2% on any disability with regard to permanent hires.
0: One thing I was struck by in going over this report is that there was, I believe, a challenge in just employees with disabilities disclosing that they had a disability. Recognizing that point, how can agencies get a better sense of the actual data and a sense of employees that have a disability?
1: To make sure that they are getting Full reporting of persons with disability and having them be willing to disclose, it's important that agencies focus on and deliver the message that this information is confidential. It will not be used to make employment decisions unless someone is specifically applying for a Schedule A special appointment, and not to analyze the data with regards to that. One thing that an agency can do is do separate surveys beyond just having people fill out the required form, just trying to get an idea of how many people report a disability if it's completely anonymous. That may help agencies figure out what their actual rate of persons with disabilities is. However, that can't be used in the same way for reporting purposes.
0: Okay. And just give me an overview of what this report found in terms of retention for federal employees with disabilities. How do they compare to the rest of the federal workforce?
1: Yeah, we're definitely seeing a challenge there. Persons with disabilities and especially persons with targeted disabilities are leaving the federal workforce at a higher rate than persons without disabilities. And we're seeing an increase over time of persons with disabilities leaving the federal government more so than we're seeing that for persons without disabilities. We're seeing this both for voluntary separations, such as resignations and retirements, and we're seeing it for involuntary separations, such as involuntary removal and uh, reduction in force. So we really want to focus on that as something that needs to be improved. Some ways to do that are to ensure that any involuntary separations are analyzed, making sure that these are, you know, not discriminatory, that there's legitimate reason for these involuntary separations. And then for voluntary separations, make sure that they have a respectable workplace and that persons with disabilities are getting the same opportunities as everyone else to advance and get good pay and good positions in their organization.
0: One other data point in this report, I see that federal employees with disabilities, there's a disconnect in Getting positions of leadership at their agencies. And yet, I see that promotion rates are pretty much comparable with federal employees who don't have disabilities. So, just help me understand the disconnect there and what more can be done to ensure that feds with disabilities are able to get into those leadership positions.
1: So, that can start at the hiring phase. With hiring, you have to ensure that you're hiring persons with disabilities into leadership positions as well as with promotions. However, if a person is hired into a general schedule grade six, it's going to take them longer to get into a leadership position than if they're hired at a GS step 11. Another thing we have to think about is retention. If persons with disabilities who are leaders are leaving the government at a higher rate, then we would also see a decrease in the disparity in the number of persons with disabilities in leadership. So we want to make sure we keep retention and the hiring practices equitable for persons with disabilities.
0: To change gears here a little bit in terms of the mm-hmm. recommendations, it seems like exit interviews are just one of the the tools in the tool bag here. Agencies having formal exit interview programs, how might they be able to get a better sense of the issues here that we've been describing?
1: When an agency conducts exit interviews, they should ensure that they include a disability question on that exit interview, along with other demographic questions. And, when they're analyzing it, they should look into whether the persons who are exiting feel that they get the same opportunities and the same respect as others in their workplace. Make sure they're living on their own terms as opposed to feeling like they're being forced out.
0: Okay. And then as far as just other data points here that agencies can draw from, data sets like the Federal Employee Viewpoint Survey, how can they help the uh, better understand the challenges that we're describing here as well.
1: In our report, we identify a bunch of questions where persons with disabilities are answering more negatively than persons without disabilities. If an agency sees that when they compare this data, their disparity between persons with disabilities and persons without disabilities is even bigger than what we're seeing, that's something that they should focus on. They should look at those questions and see where they are seeing the biggest disparities between these groups.
0: Karen Drummond, a social science research analyst at the EEOC's Office of Federal Operations, speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com.
2: Hello, I'm wife CEO Shane Canfield, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Lessons in Leadership. I'm honored to be joined by Angie Bailey, founder and CEO of Ananda Life. Angie has a remarkable career in public service, beginning as a GS2 clerk typist with the Social Security Administration. And over the next 40 years, Angie steadily worked her way up through the government, ultimately becoming the Chief Human Capital Officer at the Department of Homeland Security. she has been recognized with presidential rank awards by two administrations, for leadership, innovation, dedication, and commitment to the country. Angie, thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you, Shane. What a pleasure to be here.
2: Angie, you've made quite a name for yourself as a leader in the federal workforce. Who was the first person you remember looking up to as a leader, and what about them inspired you? you
3: no, know, I often think about this because you know sometimes we think of the people that we look up to the most as being somebody that throughout our career has you know been at the highest levels and all. but I, you know I've got to go back to honestly, whenever I was ten years old. And uh, I remember I really wanted to play Little League play baseball on a boys team. I was the only girl. And interestingly, it was the women who would keep saying to me that, no, I couldn't play. And then one day, whenever I was there to sign up yet again, uh, there was this guy, his name was Delbert Beiser. And uh, I remember he had like red hair and he had a of tobacco in his mouth and greasy overhauls and everything. And he said, you know, I'll take her, I'll take her on my team. And, you know, just looking back on that, there's so many leadership lessons and things that I just really admire about him. And actually, I thought about throughout my entire career, he took a chance on somebody he didn't know, he um, put aside whatever conscious or unconscious biases that he might have had about having a girl on a team, he treated me the same, uh, whether stepping in or stepping up and taking on the challenges that sometimes no one else wanted to do.
2: Angie, thanks so much for joining us today.
3: Oh, thank you, Shane. It's such a pleasure. I I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Thank you.
2: This has been the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm CEO of WEPA, Shane Canfield. Looking forward to talking to you next time.
3: When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. Ladies and gentlemen, we need you. The Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks is looking
1: for you to help support veterans, help with youth scholarships, and be a force in your community. Being a member of the Elks is where you can do all this and much more. We are 31 lodges strong across the state of Iowa. Help pass on our principles of charity, justice, brotherly love, and fidelity. If interested, go to elks.org and use the lodge locator to
2: find a lodge near you. Elks care. Elks share. Brought to you by the Iowa Elks Association.